welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined via Zoom teleconference by none other than the incomparable Sean Denham. Hi, Sean. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so hello, much hello. for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so refreshing. Um, sadly, <laughs> Jeremy is still out on assignment this week, but while dad's away, the kids are going to play. Since it's just yeah. us squirrel friends this week and we haven't had a chance to talk about what we've been watching for quite a while now, it's a classic all what you're watching episode where we're honestly just going to chat about the things we've been getting our eyes on. So, Sean, yeah. here we go. What you been watching? What's something? <laughs> this makes you made it, you set up it like we're playing that board game, like Don't Wake Daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever play that? <laughs> the most insane premise for a board game. Truly. Um, what was going on in that okay, household? Okay, so, yeah, no kidding. We need social services to keep an eye on that household. <laughs> um, okay, I went to a film in the theater. I went to a, several, actually. Uh, the theater's back, baby. Um, and the first one I saw was called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Ooh, I really want to see it, but I haven't yet. Oh, it is very, very good. It's an A24 film it's directed by the daniels um they are a pair of directors of men named daniel and <laughs> they directed uh they directed swiss army man oh yeah they directed uh they also directed a music video for turned down for what oh <laughs> uh, by dj snake which is like an amazing music video and like definitely like i've been aware of this video for a long time they made it in like college or something um, for like such a weird song, it's a really an incredible film, <laughs> small film. Um, yeah, just a little but anyway, wee one. A wee film. Um, so this is about a woman that she's a uh, she's got a lot on her plate. She's about to get audited for her small like la- laundry service, oh. and then while she's there, this sort of crazy like interdimensional rupture occurs and she's sort of swept along with it uh honestly explaining what it's about is very confusing do i even like it's the flimsiest sort of what is happening sort of plot but it stars michelle yao um it also stars uh kihoi kwan who uh he was the kid from indiana jones and the temple of doom right uh and like the goonies yeah, he was and then Data, he was right? like and the Goonies. Yeah, and then he was like out of he's been out of the game for like out of the acting game for a while. He does like stunt stuff. But then he is now co-starring in this and he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and his voice is the exact same. And cuz I was like, why does this 50-year-old man sound exactly like that 10-year-old kid? And then <laughs> 40 years like, ago. Oh, they're the exact same. Yeah. That's it was really very funny. trippy. Um he does amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Um, mm. An actress named Stephanie Shu. Uh, she is, I know her as a Broadway gal. She is, she was in SpongeBob, the musical. Um, she plays, uh, she Sandy? plays a robot oh. lady. Yeah. Oh, like Plankton's um, wife? She plays Plankton's wife. Classic. And, um, and everyone just like, it basically, it's an excuse for Michelle Yeoh to do some incredible martial arts work and then just like, and then she really brings the acting 
the because basically she can access all di- all different uh, dimensions of her life. Like every twist that she would have taken creates like a new dimension, a new portal. And so she is able to access all of the different people that she could have become. Um, and then there's a so it's visually nuts. The fashion is incredible. Oh, because also then there's a, another sort of rupture where it creates all these different timelines, like a parallel dimension where everyone has hot dogs for fingers and like things like that. <laughs> oh my god! And <laughs> so it is like not a perfect film because it is so like wackadoo, but it was a big swing and like a really unique idea. And obviously we don't get to see a ton of those in theaters right now. So that was really fun. No kidding. Yeah, I, it sounds so interesting. Um, I definitely want to watch it. So thank you for doing the legwork. I did some legwork. And um, yeah, the, I give it a big stamp. Big stamp of approval. Yeah, I've heard really good things. So definitely will watch. I've heard that it will make you cry. Is this accurate? Well... It could make you cry. It's like a lot of just sort of ideas about life, like <laughs> where it could take you or like um, uh, the people that you have in it. And so there are definitely potentials to make you cry. Mm, okay. There you go. Fair warning for the listeners and for me who cries at everything. <laughs> Tear warning. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I assume that you will cry. Mm. I'm just putting I mean, that out there. Yeah. I, I cried literally. Okay, this is really funny. I cried today at a TikTok of someone's dad that someone's dad filmed in a parking lot outside of My Chemical Romance concert, just hearing how. Of what ins- year? I know this year because the first, like, you know, those iconic first notes of, like, Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh, yeah. That song is like, boop, boop. I don't need to sing it. Anyway, yeah. it's like he, I guess he was like there to pick up his daughter who was there, who had been like a big My Chemical Romance fan as a tween, as many of us were. Um, and he filmed the moment like when they played that first G note and then everyone in the, you could just hear everyone like lose their minds, start screaming. And for some reason that made me cry. <laughs> So oh my that gosh. was a very long story just to tell you that, yes, I cried everything. Uh, anyway. Well, it's we're at the era of life where a meme can make me cry at the drop of a hat. So exactly. We're, we're all, all fragile. very delicate, fragile. delicate sensibilities right yeah. now. Yeah, we sure are. Um, something that also has made me cry, but isn't probably meant to, I think, for the most part, is something I watched all of. Um, I think I mentioned on the show that I got very, very obsessed with Taika Waititi's new series, Our Flag Means Death. Um, uh-huh. Queer pirate goodness. I watched, I've watched all the episodes at least three times, some of them more. I got in real deep. I started reading fan fiction again. I fell in love with it so hard. Um, oh, you've turned to fan fiction again. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, God, we're back here. Uh, but there's some really good stuff out there, I will say. Um Ooh. But then I was like, okay, I need something to kind of fill this hole, but I cannot rewatch it again. Like, I need to give this a bit of a break. This is getting too obsessive even for me. And so I decided to finally watch something that I've been meaning to for ages, which is Taika's other show, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's um, fun. I I really want to – I after I watched uh, also uh, Our Flag Means Death, I was like – 
I should be getting into his other series. Yeah. I've watched so many Taika things recently. Um, He also, like, executive produced Reservation Dogs, which I started watching, which I'll talk about maybe. Um, But yeah, basically, it's it's like a kind of a spinoff from he and Jemaine Clement's movie from the, like, what, late 2000s? Um, yeah. Of the same title, uh, which is basically a mockumentary style movie. And then this is a show about vampires. <laughs> um, and it's kind of it's kind of got some similar vibes to Our Flag Means Death, where it's like there's there's a real kind of heart at the center of it in terms of the relationships between the characters. But they're like written impeccably and hilariously. And it's just like absurd and just a hilarious take on like what if what if vampires were doofuses basically what if yeah what if vampires were just like silly men yeah and what so if pirates it, were silly men <laughs> exactly and with like a token woman in there um yeah and so it centers on specifically four vampires in staten island um nandor the relentless <laughs> laszlo <laughs> nadia and colin robinson um, and their familiar Guillermo, who is like completely obsessed with Nandor and has worked for him for 10 years in the hopes of one day being turned into a vampire himself. Um, right. And it's just so good. It's so good. The first two seasons are on Disney Plus. Um, the last season, the third season um, just wrapped up in like at the end of 2021. So I'm assuming it'll get added soon. Um It's just so good. Like, it's just so funny and the performances are great. You just, like, fall in love with the characters so fast. And I don't know. It's so, it's so good. Strongly recommend. Man, Disney Plus has been coming through, I gotta say. Truly. Like, does Disney need our advertising? (laughs) No, they do not. But it's true. Yeah, truly. Every time I pop on there, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Mm Hmm. Um, which leads me to uh, a series that I just finished watching uh, that I've been trying to find. I can't get it anywhere. I log into Disney Plus one day. Oh, surprise, it's there. <gasps> and it is a- a- Abbott Elementary. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to watch that, too. Um, it's really cute. It stars um, an actress named Quinta Brunson who wrote on, like, Black Lady Sketch Show. And... Uh, and it's basically, it's just about a group of Philadelphia elementary school teachers in this sort of um, underfunded school. And they just uh, try to keep things moving along the best they can, even though obviously shenanigans abound and they're always solving problems. Um, and it's just, it's very heartwarming and just like, it's not, I don't know how, like, it's just a great little sitcom. It's very inoffensive. It really washes over you. There is a character that I'm obsessed with who is the principal, Ava. Um, she is played by Janelle James, and she's sort of a... Um, she's just like a terrible educator and kind of a terrible self-absorbed person that really lucked into the job. And she just... She's the, she's the person that pops in, like does an amazing one-liner, pops out. She's like the dean from... Uh, community basically the best character yeah truly uh and she's so funny i was like there's a scene where she finds out a character's but only ever dated her boyfriend since she was in eighth grade 
And her reactions are, it's so funny. I had, I watched, rewatched that episode like three times. Anyway, so I suggested it goes down quick. There's like 13 episodes. They're like literally 25 minutes each. I'll probably watch that in yeah. the afternoon. <laughs> I'm, you think you might as well. I it's love on Disney Plus. I love You're already there. You can just let wash over you like that. Truly. Yes. Even though I will say the writing is confusing. Like each episode, kind of a thing is dropped. And then four episodes later, like something's brought back. But whatever. I think it's just getting its little... It's a little shaky legs going. Mm. Yeah, because it wasn't it also like network on a network, like a network sitcom. Yes, I feel and like that's, that's where a I tried to find life. it. <laughs> yeah, so. and I think there's a lot of hands in the pot when when it's you know when it's on a network. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so everybody go watch what it else? so that they'll make more. Um, yes, exactly. Okay, speaking also speaking of things to let just wash over you. Um Sean, have you had your heart broken by a little Netflix show called Heartstopper? Oh my gosh, I actually have. I forgot to even to put this down cuz it's been so long since we I know. had a what to watch in. I know it came but out yes, like a couple I did. months ago. Did it did it I, stop I did your not heart? get my heart broken. My my heart is still beating, but it was very cute. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Even um, though I had this initial, my like my gut reaction at the beginning was, I was like, "Oh, everything's perfect for you." <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I was like, "Well, that's a weird reaction." I don't no, know I don't. I don't think this is a weird reaction. I think this is so valid, and we'll get into it because okay, so this is a Netflix, I don't know, teen drama series um, based on a best-selling series of graphic novels of the same name. Um, in which absolute sweetest human alive, Charlie, a little sweet British teen, um, gets sat next to popular, seemingly maybe straight guy, Nick Nelson. Um, and then they become friends and then maybe more. And then spoiler question alert. Mark. Spoiler alert. They do. Yeah. They fall in love. Um, and it just is like such a, sweet and tender teen romance queer teen romance of the variety that we absolutely did not have access to in our teen years and i think that there is a very real and valid reaction as a like older queer who did not live in a world where we a got to kind of openly experience some of the things that characters on the show are experiencing and B watch ourselves in media, this like sweet and, you know, full and like fully focused on queer folks. Um, Cause yeah, I had some of the same thing, just like this, I don't know, like, yeah, grief, like jealousy, some like really confusing feelings alongside the very like warm, happy ones, because it is very just yeah. like, sweet and romantic they, it remind it honestly reminded me when i first watched glee at also <laughs> where i was like oh when you, when you come out your entire family and friends all sing a nice song about you yeah <laughs> how great um but uh yeah i i i had that initial um sort of yeah weird feelings about it but also it was just very cute and uh, the people I love 
the most are all their his little like friends. Yeah. Because he actually as a character, I find him a little self uh involved. Like Do literally you? every time he messages every time he's in the group chat, he's like, You guys, I want to talk about Nick. And they're like, Okay, I'm literally having a major problem right now too, but whatever. I was like <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. But he is also like fifteen years old and in love for the first time. And I think yeah, that true. It, it makes fools of us all. But you're not wrong. Um the I the, the I loved um is her name Yasmin or is that the the That's actress? the actress's name. L I think is her name on the show. Yeah. She is so great. Mm-hmm. Um and I love the sort of I love the way of storytelling her story by not like making like not explicitly being like an episode of like she's realizing she's trans and like blah 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 it literally was explained like oh yeah she used to go to our school last year but now she's going to this all-girls school instead Mm -hmm. and i was like that's literally all you need to do Uh, exactly i agree 100 percent we don't have to like we don't have to like kind of exploit her trauma and make it all about that there's like kind of reference to it like she talks about it being a hard time but that's not the only context we have for that character. And I think that's so important. And she's so great. And then their other friend, I literally, I only know their actors' names for some reason, but played by William Gao. Mm-hmm. He, and he's, I love him. He's so protective of all of their friends, even though I feel like people thought that he was kind of a jerk. But he's like, He's just, he's so protective and the nicest kid. The weirdest hair possible. <laughs> yep. Like, and I think, I think that they did this because the actor in his real life is like a literal model. So I think they were like, we got to doofus this kid up a bit, like yeah. for a series. But it's the craziest hair I've ever seen. It's literally um, just like a, a swoop on either side. Like it Like out. a flying nun, like illusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flying nun illusion. Absolutely. And then also in their group of friends, there's another boy that just like reads a book constantly and just smirks, like looks up and smirks all the time. And that's like his role. But I love him because that's basically me. It's like I'm involved, but I'm (laughs) I'm not quite involved. Yeah, I'm involved, (laughs) but not fully participating. But I love watching this all happen. I do wish. Yeah, like I'm at the sleepover, but I'm reading for some reason. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wish they had focused on him more, but I was like, well. He probably blossoms in in college, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, he's oh yeah, he's who... not a he's not succeeding in high school that <laughs> <No>. one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I I watched it twice just because it it really gave me the warm fuzzies. Just a pro, just yeah. a like like I know that they faced hurdles, but overall there was no like major conflict. There's no point at which you like really hate. You know, the love interest, you know that it's going to be okay. Oh, and also yeah, we like, should say Nick Olivia didn't Coleman. Really have, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no. Olivia Coleman plays Mama. But yeah, he didn't, like, he didn't really do, like, I thought that there'd be a moment where he's like, I'm pressured to, like, bully some of your friends or, like, do something. And it wasn't, he was just, like, very fine upstanding. Even the bullies are pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one kid that's kind of rude, but they're not, like very bully-y. Right, no one and gets hate-crimed. Yeah. Um. There's just... And, like, the one girl that's trying to date Charlie, I thought she would maybe turn out to be, like, 
a bad news person, but she was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone was just, everyone was regular and normal and dealing with it in normal ways. And I appreciate that. I do too, especially for like a teen show. I'm like, let's give teens more representation of a little slower pace. <laughs> That's not euphoria, you know? Absolutely. It is very anti-euphoria. Yeah. yeah. Not that, I mean, I think there's room for both in theory, but um, yeah, I just think it's it's just nice to have something that's not so devastating, you know? Yeah, like we're living in a, we're living in a post-euphoria world now where teens absolutely have to be seemingly like stretched to their the craziest limits and so I, it is nice that they're like yeah i still am only 16 right exactly we're still having sundays yeah exactly like yeah we're all like excited about milkshakes and yeah it's i don't know playing strong a, recommend, playing a band though. so cute very strong recommend do you have anything else to mention quick here um yeah maybe i'll t- mention another quickie uh, I've started watching a show called Z-Way. Um, mm. I'm obsessed And it with is her. really, f- she's so funny. She is a comedian that really popped off over pandemic because her sort of style of comedy is, uh, I feel like I knew her from just sort of a front facing camera, like FaceTiming people and sort of asking them sort of hard hitting kind of intense questions about like race relations or just sort of uncomfortable subjects that people don't really talk about, but she has such a, um, she has such a grace and understanding and she's not very confrontational. She just is like, uh, has a very open face, open mind and (laughs) will sometimes look at the camera and did give a little like, Ooh, but, and she will just like really, let people hang themselves a bit mm-hmm. on her show. And uh, a lot of sort of well-meaning white liberals are on her show and then kind of just have to be uncomfortable for a long time. And it's kind of amazing. It's so um, amazing. And yeah, she has, she just is working on her second season or maybe it's done, but I think it's out, there's only yeah. like six episodes. There's only six episodes per season. Um, and she is producer, creative director, musical guest. She does, and she makes sure certain to mention it in in every credits of every role that she plays in the making mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and she she's very very funny. I love her. Um, I think it's interesting that you describe her as not overly confrontational, because I'm mindful of like I'm not trying to play into like a you know angry black woman stereotype but i do think that she is quite overtly like not confrontational exactly but like she's not she's not pretending that she's not setting you up to make yourself look dumb yeah she's like jokingly over setting you up in a lot of ways yeah like twisting your twisting your words uh for dramatic effect exactly that everyone knows is a joke, but is also she's like, but can you add to that? Yeah, like it's kind of <laughs> that thing where it's like it's both a joke and not a joke. I feel like a lot of the time, yeah. you know, where she'll be like, oh, so you think, you know, all black women are angry. And then like look at the person and you're like, this is both a joke and not a joke. Good luck. Um, yeah. But or yeah, like I, I want you brilliant. to read. 
I want you to read this monologue from the color purple. Yeah. And yeah, then if yeah. you do, then you're if you if you don't, then she's like, oh, you you don't want to listen. To, you don't like listening to black women. Yeah. Or like yeah, if you yeah. do, then she's like, oh wow, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's so funny. And I think a lot of the guests like. Well, it's I find it really interesting to kind of figure out like. Okay, how much does this guest know that this is what they signed up for? How much are they like playing into it right now? And how much of this is genuine discomfort? And trying to kind of sift through that, I find very entertaining. Well, the very first guest is Fran Leibowitz. Yeah. And to see her get a little hot and bothered under the collar, like to see her shift a bit, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is one of our sort of quippiest quippiest thinkers who I feel like you never find on her back heels. And she was a little like, uh, she, she was covering her tracks a bit and yeah. it was kind of amazing. I loved it. I did. Yeah. Cause especially someone like that where you're like, Oh, so you can give it, but you can't take it. So funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a good one. Anyway. So I suggest, and she's just hilarious and her, Wears amazing looks every episode. Yeah, that's the other part. She's so stunning. And has really great writers on the show, too. I think that's a big part of it. Um, Okay, well, with that, we are going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back to talk more about what we've been watching on Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We're going to get back to talk about some of the things we've been watching in just a minute. But first, um, Sean, do you know what time it is? I have completely lost track of time. The sun is streaming in at this moment, even though it's supposed to be dark. It's game time, people! (gasps) What? I've never done that to myself before. (laughs) The self-horn? Self-air horn. Um, Oh boy, now I have to do the spiel. In case you didn't know, or you're just tuning in, the game is where I, Sonia, spend all week <laughs> looking for a movie that Sean has not seen. He tells me what he, th- I tell him the title, he tells me what he thinks it's about, I tell him what it's really about, and we all have such a good time, and laugh, 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 laugh. Sean, laugh, 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 laugh. are you ready to play a very high-pressure solo version of the game? I am, because honestly, let me get these points. Brace yourself, okay? This what, what if you gave me like 10 points when Jeremy yeah. was gone? Yeah, I'm in charge. So I'm the captain now. I'll give us each 10 points. <laughs> oh, good idea. He'll come back. I'll be like, yeah, we each got Drunk with power. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this week's title is The Watch. The Watch? The Watch. Oh. Okay. So, I believe it is about a man who he is addicted to his phone. He's on this phone constantly. Mm. And his friends and family make fun of him and they eventually sort of have an intervention and they're like, I don't think you can be without your phone for a month. And he's like, and if you do, I'll give you a million dollars. They all pool their money. They get a million dollars. And he's like, I'll absolutely be able to do this. Um, But my problem is, how do I, I have a very strict um time what do i do and they're like well i guess you need to get a watch <laughs> and so he uses the watch obviously to keep track of his time now that he can't use his phone and he forms a very sort of 
relate a weird relationship with his watch and he becomes very obsessed with keeping the time and uh he puts all of his sort of emotional tying that he used to have with his phone he puts it into the watch wow and um and it really it it really ramps up it becomes quite the dramatic thriller <laughs> it sounds like it are we talking like analog digital watch like pocket watch what what kind of watch is it i was imagining rotary for sure but <laughs> rotary. if it was if it was digital it could send him little messages yeah. like hi <laughs> like a four and a one and be like hi <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's amazing but unfortunately you are not correct in any way shape or form sean as much as i no. would love to give you some points while jair's away Sonia, uh, why do you have to play into the game? I'm so sorry. The power is overcoming. Um, <laughs> in fact, The Watch is like a blockbuster comedy from 2012 that I'm wondering how I never heard of. Uh, in Glenview, Ohio, specific, four pals, yeah. ben Still- played by Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, and Richard Iote, uh, form a neighborhood watch group. Armed with flashlights, walkie-talkies, and spiffy new jackets, the guys try to take their mission seriously, even if they spend a little time goofing off now and then. But when Mm -hmm. they discover aliens living among them and no one believes their story, they learn that they have to kick things up a notch to save the world from annihilation. And this was directed by Akiva Schaefer of um, Lonely Island, written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It has all the makings of being good, but it only has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. 16? Oh my One gosh. One six, yeah. Well, and also, 10 years ago, I feel like the idea of sort of a renegade militia, like running amok, <laughs> yeah. was, could have been funny, and now it's less funny. It's a, Yeah, you're, oh my god, you're 1000% right. Richard Iode is not enough representation to make it not scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean... Thank you so much for playing the game. Well, thank you for playing the game. I, felt- I know it's a tough, big shoe to fill to step into dad, daddy's shoes. Yeah, said, well, clomping around the house in daddy's big dress shoes, <laughs> putting on a fake mustache. Um, can I tell you about something that I've watched? And I'm hoping that perhaps you will also have watched it. Um, and okay. we can talk about how bananas it is. I don't think I already talked about this, but tell me if I did. This is Netflix's uh, latest reality contribution, The Ultimatum, oh, colon, marry or move on. Okay, you have not spoken about this. Great. Um, I haven't watched this, but I have heard about, I've heard the rumblings. Hmm. And the the aftermath. Yeah. Um, but please, please tell me what it, what this is about. I can't wait to tell you about it. Um, I I very excitedly found out that a couple of our friends uh, watched this at a at a party that we were at this weekend, and we just screamed at each other about it for like half an hour. <laughs> um, so this is the newest. Uh, I want to say torture device. Conceived of uh, by the, new nightmare. the fevered minds behind Love is Blind. Um, and essentially the premise of this is that uh, people in long-term relationships uh, come on the show because one of the couple has issued an ultimatum that they have to get married or break up. 
Um, and the, the sort of huh. like premise of the show those are that two they present. Steps? Yeah. yeah, like those are the only two options for sure. Get married or break up. Um, part of the like rationale that they present behind the show is that it's also hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey for some reason, as Love is Blind also is. And they talk about how them like taking a break and seeing other people was really beneficial to their relationship. And so everyone should try it, even though I think that's actually those two are, such bad advice. Those two are like the ring wraiths, but I, for like, <laughs> for like <laughs> reality shows. For relationship devastation. Like, yeah, they're just twisted, like only, only, <laughs> their only impulse is chasing. Chasing, <laughs> chasing other it. people's relationship drama. <laughs> because, okay, like, I mean, that's, you know, opening things up to other people, exploring your options. These are things I'm not necessarily against in principle, but the way that they have designed it in this show is absolutely demented. Um, so the way it works is the like eight couples or whatever come in. They then like leave their spouse for three weeks and couple up with someone else from the experiment. Um, so they have a trial marriage for three weeks with another person. And then at the and end of that, it's just random. Weeks, like um, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think with. they like match them or anything. It's just like the other couples on the show. So you have to like pick someone. Um, then after that three weeks, you go back to your original person for three weeks. And then at the end of that, you decide whether you're going to get married or break up. <laughs> um, and it just is so emotionally manipulative in many of the same ways love is blind is where it's like such a short timeline you're kind of in this situation where there's a lot of pressure to like develop a connection yeah there's the stakes are so so high but also the like social pressure to kind of like be interested in this other person i think would be so emotionally confusing because it's like if you meet someone and you connect and they're hot and then you're like forced into a really intimate situation with them for three weeks like if you like them you're, you're gonna, gonna tell have yourself you're in love them. yeah like yeah it's gonna mess you're up gonna, I, I guess pro- yeah you're gonna propose marriage yeah i i don't know and so and and it's it's similar to love is blind where you're like did you intentionally screen people who have like relationship trauma and attachment issues and, like, you know, emotional stuff they haven't dealt with that'll make them susceptible to this experience. Because some of the people you're just like, I would love for you to see a therapist instead of having a trial marriage with another person for three weeks. Um, yeah, like, maybe Nick Lachey should, his next venture should be, like, the therapist. Yeah. And he just brings in past alumnus from some of these films yeah and then they subsidize their therapy <laughs> by film i mean reality shows because yeah. it's truly the least they could do for them after all of this but yeah it gets you know expectedly dramatic um do a lot of them break up or just well or do they all get married spoiler alert i think two or three of the original couples end up together at the end there's like I think there was like eight of them. What's very funny is that one of the very early episodes is them like making the decision of who they'll couple up with for the first three weeks from the other couples. And two right. of the men who were issued ultimatums ended up proposing to their original partners at that ceremony, clearly just mm. as a reaction to like 
someone else is coming for my belonging. Yeah. Like, it's very territorial. Anyway, so that, if if you want to watch some dubious reality dating content that is very socially interesting, but that you will also feel a bit guilty about the whole time, strongly recommend. That does sound quite dubious. Yeah. But interesting. (laughs) Well... Thank you for thank you for doing the work. Yeah. Oh, it the was boots tough. on the ground work on that one. <laughs> tough work. Um, well, what else have I seen? I also went to in theater. Um, another sort of. Do you know that multiverses are really having a moment yes, right now? I have heard that. They are really popping off, and I went to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Because I'm a bit of a Marvel girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't remember this being my life before even this podcast, but I've really gone into it. And now I see them all. I feel like it kind of happened to you during the podcast that you got really into the it. the change happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is directed by Sam Raimi. Um, and it basically continues a lot like – where WandaVision left off, like the TV series. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is technically Doctor Strange's um, film, Uh, but a lot of it is Wanda Maximoff and what she is going through. And the premise is there is a a girl that pops in and she has the power to skip over multiverses. Uh, And someone... An evil entity is trying to like capture her and use her power to um, for a nefarious deed, uh, and he is tasked with pr- uh, protecting her, even though she's like in other multiverses. You have tried to like kill me, mm. and he's like, "Ooh!" And so she's like, "So I'm watching you," but he's like, "I don't think I will, but I guess we'll see." And um, it's very the, like visually so trippy. Obviously, all, all of the multiverses are beautiful. Um, I don't know if it's much of a spoiler, but Elizabeth Olsen is doing some incredible work in this. She is, uh, like morally ambiguous for sure. Mm. Uh, and, um, she just gets to do a lot of great work. She essentially at one point turns into like a horror movie, like villain, like she is chasing the, like she, uh, is able to use the dark hold to possess uh, a Wanda from a different multiverse and sort of turns her into this sort of unrelenting zombie that's chasing them through like a sewer. And it's horrifying, very scary. And she's like covered in blood. She's wearing like an old Navy, like thin sweater. Cause she's just like a mom. And then all of a sudden she like gets possessed and it's really scary. Yeah. There's a part too, where she like, they show there's a lot of points where she just sort of drifts in and out of people's minds and the way that they kind of uh, portray that is so spooky. Um, She's just like, yeah, essentially a horror movie villain. Oh, and there's X-Men get up in here because of the multiverse of it all. And everyone was kind of wondering when X-Men would pop their little heads in and they kind of thought WandaVision would be it, but they were, it was famously not. And um and so that was very satisfying. Our theater like applauded. There was only like five of us in the theater. <laughs> all the Marvel but, heads getting excited. But but our all the Marvel heads really were excited about it. 
Um, and there's portions of like, I don't know if you watched the What If series. It's on Disney Plus. It's just like an animated show that I thought was just essentially kind of fun. It was like, what if this small thing in the Marvel Universe changed and then this oh. happened instead? Like, like one of the episodes was like, what if Agent Carter, uh, like when Captain America was about to, like went in the machine and got turned into Captain America. Mm-hmm. They're like, what if he got shot instead of this other scientist? And so she had to leap in and get, uh, ingested with the oh. the powerful serum instead. And so the whole episode is her being like Captain UK or whatever. And she is just like this bulky super soldier. Ooh. And there and there's a multiverse where she is basically that character in this. And it's just like really fun. It pays a lot of homage to to fan stuff. And I had a lot of a lot of fun with it. That is fun. Do you I think, think you should watch it. If I haven't watched anything since WandaVision, will I be lost? I think WandaVision is like one of the best ones that you could watch oh, to, to get caught up with it. Yeah. Do I remember anything? Maybe not, except for Agatha all along. But I, I could try it. I'll try it once it gets added to Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell myself, I'm like, oh, I got to catch up on Marvel. And then I realize how much there is. And I'm like, oh. Maybe not. It's it's quite the undertaking. <laughs> Perhaps not. Well, and like yeah, if you take all the different routes yeah. that you could go, you might be busy full time. Like the movies, the TV shows, all of it, I can't. And that's not even getting into the mm-hmm. comics. But no, uh, oh god, if you did comics, <laughs> comics, I would never have time. Would... How do people? People must have time travel abilities to be able to do it all. I was listening to an, a podcast with Jason Mazzucas on it, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, ever since I have been eight years old, I get the comics every Thursday. I have subscription. And they're like, a person was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, I have a ton of comics in storage because I'm now 50 plus. Yeah. And I'm like, that's nuts. That's so cool, though. But also kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah like, that's such a long running interest. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of multiverses and time travel, um, I was very excited to hear the recent news about the most recent casting of The Doctor on Doctor Who. Um, oh, yeah. Sean, have you ever watched Doctor Who? Um, uh, no, I haven't. No, <laughs> I have not. I love how you were like, let me just check the old catalog and see. Well, I was I- like, do I have enough here to say that I did? And I was like, no, I actually do not. <laughs> I can't lie. Um, well, I mean, if people don't know, I feel like it would be, I don't know, weird if you didn't know, but maybe not. Uh, Doctor Who is a very long-running uh, British sci-fi show that's very, it started in the 60s and then ran until, oh no, I should have looked this up. They're going to come for me, Sean. Um, <laughs> no, the the, the Who, Whovians. <laughs> the Whovians are going to come for me. I think till the 80s. Yeah. And then it was uh, kind of booted back up in 2005 and has been running ever since. And this is about a time-traveling alien called the Doctor who uh, travels around in a blue... It sort of looks like a, a telephone box, but it's something they used to have in Britain called a police box. I feel that I didn't mm. need to go into this level of detail. And the whole premise is that he is this um, species of alien called a Time Lord uh, who every once in a while regenerates their body, like when when their old body 
is like about to die, they regenerate into a new a new body. And so different actors have portrayed the doctor um, since the 60s. In fact, there have been, I think, 13 of them. It depends. Which I love. It depends what and you count because read... there are specific episodes where there's like one guy who was the doctor once, but he didn't call himself the doctor. It's very, very that. Um, I did read a bit of a splainer because mm. people were like, he's only supposed to have like these 12 lives or whatever. But then they were like, actually, this moment happened and this gave him another t- 10, 12 lives. Yeah. And so he's on his like 15th or something. And... But that was kind of satisfying because I was like, it doesn't seem likely that this show would just let something like that not go go unexplained. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he's technically the 14th Doctor because David Tennant was 10th, Matt Smith was the 11th, Peter Capaldi was 12th, and then Jodie Whittaker, who's currently the Doctor, was the first female Doctor. And now we are finally getting... Someone who is not white to play the doctor. Um, so Shudi Gatla, who is a Scottish Rwandan actor who folks might know as playing Eric in Sex Education on Netflix. Um, He's is, so good as Eric also. He is He's truly like, like one of the on best that. characters ever on TV. I love him so, so much. And I just think that he is like perfect casting, honestly, for the doctor. Like I feel like he's going to bring such playfulness to it but he can also really do like the emotional stuff we've like seen that in his role in sex education and it's just such a i don't know it's i haven't watched it in like i i think like five years um because i got pretty into it when it rebooted um but then and then it's kind of it's classic nerd stuff honestly because the guy who was the original showrunner when it came back, Russell T. Davies, is, like, incredible and is very beloved by the fans. And then he was booted off the show. There, There's kind of, like, a long and sordid history with, you know, all of that right. as well, the production side. And there's this other guy, Stephen Moffat, who has taken over as showrunner since he's been gone, who the fans, uh, let's say, aren't as fond of. <laughs> Aren't as enthusiastic Aren't about. as enthusiastic. <laughs> and frankly, rightfully so. Because um, I have been just mainlining um, the seasons that I was behind on because I'm excited for the new Doctor. And they were all made by Stephen Moffat. And honestly, there are problems. <laughs> like, there are just so many plot lines that are oh. dropped. Like, just poorly, like, developed storylines and stuff. Um, but still, all of that being said, I, I love watching it. Like... It's very silly. It's very emotional at times. It's like probably if you actually understand things about physics and like understand time travel, I feel that the show would drive you mad Um, because it's so probably not correct in any way. There's this whole thing where like the doctor always has a young female traveling companion, which they Mm -hmm. have kind of played with in recent years and kind of moved away from just like, oh, look, it's his human love interest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you like get back into something that you once deeply loved and you're just like, ah, this feels like a warm hug, you know? Yeah. And I love the format of that. Of Mm -hmm. just like, it's the same show, but it's new blood every time. Yeah. Like every season. That's so smart. Yeah. It's not, and it's not every single season, but it like, it does. Yeah. Keep it fresh. And it changes and it kind of makes and it like makes sense with the narrative, too, because he's literally a like 2000 year old space 
alien who can travel within time. So even like in the show, things are always changing because he's like going to different times and stuff. Obviously, that's how time travel. Love that. As a time lord, do. As a time lord, will do. So yeah, very excited. Congratulations to Mr. Gatwa. Very excited for him. Couldn't deserve it more. Um. Yeah. Totally. You got anything else to talk about that you've been watching, Sean? Um. Well, the first two episodes of Drag Race, uh, <gasps> yeah. All Stars, Queen of Queens, Ultimate League, SmackDown, <laughs> Supreme Royale. The All Winner season. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, the All Winner season, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's the the it's a format that is very exciting. Uh, and actually fixes so many problems I have with all-star seasons in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like all of the gals are very like fun and in it to win it. Or not even in it to win it. In it to just like have a good time. Nobody's getting a bad edit. Everyone seems to be like doing the top of their game. And it's very, it's great to see. It's so great to see. I really like that no one goes home. So that's like the kind of twist of this season is that no one goes home, but they have to collect these like, (laughs) it's the most RuPaul thing, legendary legend stars, which is so silly and funny. Um, The pins, the pins of it all. The pins of it all. So then it's like whoever, like the four that have the most stars at the end will then go to the finale. So I really love that. I think it's smart because like, they're all fan favorites, you know? Well, not all, but yeah. <laughs> almost all. Because it's like, I I want to see how Jada Essence Hall reacts to every challenge. Exactly. I know that she's not going to probably win, but she's just amazing. And I want to see her there the whole time. Exactly. So that is a very great way to fix that. It really is. And just, you know, like having no filler queens, like no one that you're like, okay, you're going to go home right away. No one that you're like, okay, Yeah. yeah. And I can I just say, like, I love Jinx Monsoon so, so, so much. Yeah, her Snatch Game was quite hilarious. Legendary. I, yeah. Legendary there, yeah. The, it was, and such a, and a great throwback to when her, the last season she was on, mm-hmm. season five. And yeah, amazing. Amazing. Well, with that, that is all the time we have for this week. So I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, to my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, and to everyone at CJTR, and to you, our sweet listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at 3 p.m., and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is coming up next. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.